It's me, Eli. I know it's been a little while since I've put on an episode of the podcast. It's been a really busy summer. We did lots of fun stuff, and I spent lots more time researching the Bible and books about dinosaurs. We're back in the studio now, recording some new episodes for you guys, and you'll even hear from some new co-hosts. In the previous episodes, you got to hear from Matt Miles from the Creation Truth Foundation. We'll definitely have him back some more, but these next couple of episodes, you're going to learn some awesome things from his partner, Ryan Cox. We've got a bunch more episodes coming your way, so let's not waste any more time and let's learn some truth about dinosaurs. listening to the truth about dinosaurs podcast where we dig up the facts about when and how dinosaurs lived and died and unearth new discoveries that will make you I'm your host, Eli. Let's find out what we'll discover on today's show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Truth About Dinosaurs podcast. I'm here with another one of my co-hosts, Ryan Cox. I know it's been a while since we talked, so let's get to the show. Hi Ryan, welcome to the Truth About Dinosaurs podcast. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Hi, Eli. It's a genuine pleasure to get to be with you. I'm Ryan Cox with Creation Truth Foundation, and uh, you know that ministry, having had Matt on with you before, and so it's my turn, and I'm excited about that. Yep, me too. Before we start into our full episode, I have to ask you, what is your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur? Well, there are a lot of really amazing dinosaurs that have been discovered throughout the years. But uh, for me, I'm an old classic guy, and I really like T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus hey, Rex. That's my favorite dinosaur. No, it's not. Are you making that up? No, it's literally my favorite dinosaur. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, why is that? I don't know, because he's the king <laughs> of the dinosaurs. That's what his name means, the great tyrant lizard king. Yep. Well, what makes him uh, so appealing to you, as in why he is the king of dinosaurs? Well, he may be a little bit smaller than some some dinosaurs. Yes. But he has a bigger brain. He he might have a bigger brain than some, but uh, overall, uh, we've been able to, paleontologists, those who study dinosaurs, have been able to scan his brain case and come up with what his brain looks like. And it's not very big overall compared to the rest of him. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah, but it might be bigger than some other dinosaurs. That very are true. Than very him. true. Yeah, Stegosaurus, very itty bitty brain. Yeah, like. Yes. What else makes T-Rex appealing to you? I also kind of like him because of his teeth. Their teeth He's are just got, so cool. They are. Like, They're big teeth. They're yeah. specially designed, too. Uh, not all of them are for slicing 
like many other um, carnivorous type dinosaurs, but his are more for like crunching and crushing its prey. Very, very strong jaws. Yeah. In fact, do you know of all the dinosaurs that we understand right now, who has the strongest bite force out of all of them? I'm guessing you're going to say T-Rex. And you are guessing correct. That's right. So even though some of the other ones and movies and things have been shown to be possibly stronger, science really isn't supporting that. Science supports T-Rex as possibly the strongest biter of them all. Yep. And speaking of dinosaurs and movies, that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Well, there you go. So on today's episode, we are talking about a new species of dinosaur, like I already said, the Hollywood dinosaur. <laughs> There's a lot of those. Yes, very true. There seems to be a little itsy bitsy. No, it's kind of more like mm, velociraptor size mm -hmm. difference in the dinosaurs we see in the movies than what has really been found in the fossil record for reals. Sure. So, Ryan, has Hollywood found a new species? <laughs> they found a new species in some of the activities they show them doing. Uh, although in some movies, they just make up entirely new species just for the entertainment factor. But what's always fun and encourage everyone to always do whether you read about it in a magazine or see it on a television show or in a movie, is to always go check what was actually found. What do we actually know about that dinosaur? Yes. I was wondering if you could give me and all of our listeners a definition of what a dinosaur really is. I think it's a reptile, but it's iffy because they have their legs on the bottom and some and lizards we see today have their legs on the sides so what do you think a dinosaur by definition according to our understanding today after having a 150 to 200 years worth of looking at dinosaur fossils is our understanding of a reptilian like creature that has for one a couple of holes in its head Back in its skull behind the eye. Uh, that's why they're classified as diapsids, the two holes back behind their head. But the thing that really sets them apart from all other dinosaurs is exactly what you mentioned earlier and that they have their legs underneath of them. They're not sprawling creatures like a lizard or a turtle with their legs out to the side, but they walk upright on their legs. And that's how I always teach people to remember what a dinosaur is. A dinosaur is a reptile that walks upright on its legs. Nice. Yeah. Good to know. Are dinosaurs warm-blooded or cold-blooded, and why does it matter? I thought they were cold-blooded, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> Been some debate about that over the last several decades because of some of the things that people are trying to say about dinosaurs or teach about dinosaurs. Our understanding of reptiles is that they are cold-blooded. The fancy technical term for that is ectothermic, which means wow, they can't... Can you didn't know that? Can you say ectothermic? Ectothermic? You got it. That's it. Well, 
that means they can't produce enough heat in their own body through their metabolism, the burning of their calories. So they have to get their energy from the sun. That's why you will see reptiles sit out and bathe themselves in the sun to get warmed up, to get the energy they need in order to do things. Well, if dinosaurs are reptiles, we would assume that they would be cold-blooded as well. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, except that there's some things we see within their bones that show that they might have been a little more active than your typical reptile today, which means they would have had a little better blood flow, a little higher metabolism, but not necessarily that they were warm-blooded. We, um, we see things in their anatomy that definitely shows they did not have all of the things necessary to be warm-blooded. So I have another question mm-hmm. about that warm-blooded, cold-blooded thing. Yes. So did dinos breathe through turbinates in their nose like, a, like <laughs> warm-blooded animals? Well, that, they're that's cold-blooded. A, yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the things we, we've seen is that warm-blooded creatures, and the fancy word for that is endothermic, is that about 99% of them, uh, mammals, birds, even people, we have these little things in our noses called turbinates. And there's a couple different ones, but the specific ones uh, in your nose are these little bony things or things made of cartilage that help uh, warm us, uh, warm the air, humidify us, filter our air, prevent us from uh, dehydrating ourselves with the air coming out of our lungs because we are internally warming ourselves uh, because we're warm-blooded. Well, reptiles do not have that because they are cold-blooded. So we want to look at a dinosaur and understand, do they have that feature or do they not have that feature? And because of the many, 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 many dinosaur skulls that have been found over the years, we've had lots of them to look at and compare. And we're pretty sure they don't have them, which would mean most likely not warm blooded. Okay. So that kind of already answered my question, but... If dinosaurs are cold-blooded, then why would, in the Lego Jurassic Park game, would they make the Velociraptor breathe on the window of the door and then draw a smiley face in the condensation? A smiley face? He can't do that because he's cold-blooded. Well, that's true. Not to mention, I don't know how good of artists uh, velociraptors were, but even if they could steam up the glass, which they also do in one of, in the very first Jurassic Park movie, um, that yeah, they would have to be warm-blooded in order to do that. The reason they do that is not just for the movie effect, but in Jurassic Park series and some of the paleontologists who helped with that series they actually believe the dinosaurs were warm-blooded. But the reason for that is for one and only one reason, and it's not because of what we have found in the fossils, but because of what their belief is regarding evolution. And their idea in evolution is that birds are descendants of dinosaurs. And therefore, since birds are warm-blooded, the dinosaurs had to be warm-blooded even though we don't really have enough in the fossil record to say that. I would say exactly what you just said if I knew exactly what you just said, but I don't. (laughs) 
So speaking of warm-blooded, how do you say that fancy word for warm-blooded? Endothermic. Endothermic. There you go. So does them being cold-blooded affect their energy use? Animal battery? It would. It absolutely would. And the more active they are and the more... Uh, if they were warm-blooded, the greater their need to eat, they would have to consume a whole lot more um, food to keep up that type of energy. I did a a little math myself one time just for the fun of it. Uh, An African elephant, it weighs anywhere from around 8 to 16,000 pounds, 8,000 to 16,000, and they have to eat about 300 to 600 pounds of food per day to keep up that energy level because they're that big and they're warm-blooded. Well, if you take a sauropod dinosaur, one of the heavier ones, uh, have you heard of Dreadnoughtus? Nope. Don't even know how to say the name. Oh, Dreadnoughtus. Dreadnoughtus. And usually I know how to say every dinosaur. I know you have. I've heard your previous podcasts. You're, You're amazing at saying them. Well, he's only a... the ones I know about. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's a sauropod, so long neck, long tailed dinosaur, but his bones are really thick, so he's very heavy. Some of the estimates are that he's around 108,000 pounds. Well, if that's true, he would have to eat about 4,000 pounds of food per day if he were warm blooded. If he were cold blooded, he wouldn't have to have that much. One paleontologist I read said the problem would be because sauropods have smaller heads and that really long neck. They don't think it's possible for him to get that much food into his body through that little head in order to get the energy he would need in order to be warm blooded. So again, another problem with dinosaurs being warm blooded. Yep, I'm with you on that, buddy. So... What are some of the main dinosaur characters that show up in movies? Obviously T-Rex, Velociraptor, Triceratops. What else and what have they done to them to change them? Over the years, they've added more and more dinosaurs, partly due to new discoveries, uh, partly due to the budget, the money they had for the movies to add more dinosaurs. So we've seen uh, lots of new ones. They eventually added a Spinosaurus in some of the movies. They added stegosaurs into the movies, and uh, one of them that's been in a few of them is the Pachycephalosaurus. And what is the distinguishing characteristic of a Pachycephalosaurus, Eli? His head. His head. That's right. The big dome on his head. And what is it that they have them do with those domed heads in the movies and TV shows? Smash and crash. That's right. Smash and crash. Now, the reason we think that at first is because of the big dome on the head. That's solid bone. And so they could they could hit a lot of things with that and it wouldn't hurt them. But you have to look at the rest of the dinosaur. And over the several decades of finding uh, fossils from pachycephalosauruses and other related ones to them, they've discovered that the neck bones don't quite match up with what we would need in order for them to be able to ram their heads into things. So a better idea now is that they would use the little spikes, the little nodes on their heads, and kind of 
wring their heads side to side, kind of come up and hit you from the side with those spikes, and that the big dome served more as a shield, as protection instead. They've actually found uh, a few specimens that have uh, puncture holes in in their domes, which would show them fighting in that type of style. So there's something that we've learned from the bones, from the fossils, that would be different than what's shown in the movies. So he's technically a dinosaur knight. His dome yeah. is his shield and his spikes is his sword. That's exactly right. I couldn't think of a better way to say that. That's a lot of the fun to think about. Uh, all you need is him to be silver and wearing armor. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe someday we'll see that in a cartoon. Most likely. Who knows what they would do. That's right. But anyway, we have a podcast to finish, so let's keep doing that. All right. Next question. What are the big differences between the Hollywood dino species and what is actually found in the fossil record? Many of the species in in the Hollywood dinosaurs are possibly shown correctly in a lot of ways. Uh, but a couple times, um, for one, we don't necessarily know what color they were. There are a few now that we have an idea because of some of the things that have been preserved with the fossils. Yeah, like but- Zool. Yes, like Zool. Like Zool, exactly. The notosaur. But they had some of the keratin preserved on its back and were able to sequence it and figure out that he was kind of a rusty reddish color. That's exactly right. Yeah. One of the other things in Hollywood dinosaurs is the size. They will often make them way bigger than they actually are. For one, the velociraptor. The velociraptors in the movies are often way bigger than in real life. In real life, they would come up to about my knee, uh, would be the size of a dog, instead of much taller than me, as shown in the movies. Another thing with a lot of the raptors, they have their hands bent down. Uh, You see the common dinosaur pose. Well, one of the rules in paleontology when it comes to those type of dinosaurs uh, is that for those dinosaurs, they're called clappers, not slappers. So they, their hands don't bend over so they could slap their knees. They can't do that. Whereas they could, their hands face each other, the palms face each other, so they could be clappers, but not slappers. So there's just another little detail that uh, they put in movies, but probably couldn't do that based on what we know from their bones. Yeah, so we were talking about that last night in the car, and... We ended up talking about my podcast today, and mom was like, they just want to make it scarier. They bend their arms down like that to make it look like they can chase you and go after you, but they can't (laughs) because they, if they extend their arms outwards, they can't go like they're going to go like, like giants do and they just go grab you and yeah staple you down they can't do (laughs) that because when they try to extend their arms outwards they just move sideways and clap together they don't really have a choice yeah that's right it's just how they're made why do you think hollywood made these changes just to make it scarier or to make it more fun and watch people laugh at it and watch and then just watch it and laugh at it (laughs) For the most part, it's artistic license. They're trying to make them bigger, scarier, entertaining. I mean, that's why I go watch it, uh, because I think they do an amazing job in what they put on the screen for you to watch. 
But as always, you've got to go check it out. Don't just believe that the dinosaurs could do the things, behave the way they show them behaving, just because you saw it in a movie or on a TV show. You've got to see, is what they're portraying real? And if not, why was it changed? Was it changed just for entertainment? Or are they trying to affect your belief about dinosaurs, your worldview? Because a lot of times that can sneak in there. They're trying to get you to believe an evolutionary tale idea about them, which yeah, means a dinosaur then, tale, a dinosaur feather tale. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about that another time. But some of those things are not right, and they're doing that though, so you'll believe the evolutionary story and not the truth about dinosaurs that we understand and get from God's word. That's actually a pretty good answer. I wouldn't have been able to say it another way. <laughs> That's right. So, so you always need to keep studying. Yep. Thanks so much for being with me today, Ryan. I really did enjoy talking about Hollywood dinosaurs. That was so much fun. Oh, me too. I love talking about dinosaurs, especially since we found out we have the same favorite dinosaur. Yes, that was awesome. Well, I'll see you next time. Yep. See you next time for episode 11, Feathered Dinosaurs. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truth About Dinosaurs podcast. If you love the show, please leave me a review by going to truthaboutdinos.com forward slash review. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And please consider supporting the show by going to truthaboutdinos.com forward slash support. Your generous support helps me acquire new research materials to continue unearthing the truth about dinosaurs. See you on the next episode.